Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. This Wednesday on the site, we are releasing our 2020 NFL Draft Guide, where you can find all things draft-related leading up to the first round on April 23rd, including scouting reports on each prospect by Danny Kelly and much more. We'll be updating it regularly with new analysis that takes all the latest developments into account. You can check that out on Wednesday on TheRinger.com. What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First battle season one champion, Mike Long. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Gufaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. It's been a long time. Been a long time coming. We're finally back in the year 2020, and I couldn't have a better guest joining me today than the one and only, the Brian Campbell. How you doing, man? In person, in person, no less. first time ever. Uh, this is very weird because it's almost uh, Lex Luger showing up at the Mall of America. <laughs> I didn't even appear on my own wrestling podcast this week, which which what which did air and is out there for people on the State of Combat on CBS Sports. Yet I'm showing up on yours because I happen to be staying at the hotel across from your office for this weekend to cover the uh, Showtime boxing card. Great to be here. Dave. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. Thank you so much for stopping by. There is like so much I want to talk about. Since the last time I recorded a podcast, we have our 2019 awards that Jim and I did. Uh, finally, uh, they're going to be tacked on at the end of this after I talk to Brian. So um, if you have any awards you want to give out, feel free. But, uh, if, you know, in case you're listening to the, you want to listen to those, they will be on the end of this episode. Damn. Besides that, I have, I mean, so many things. Right before we started recording, um, we I started talking about this. I really desperately need to talk about it. This is old news now, but it's the most important wrestling news story of the past decade, I think. You're talking about Vince McMahon flaming out at the uh, Rocky Johnson funeral, or we're not going down no. that road? Did that happen? Yeah, check out uh, uh, Dave, uh, David Boy Smith's kid broke the news. What happened? He's Superstar Billy Graham on Facebook as well. Uh, there's rumors from those two individuals uh-huh. that Vince uh, made some improper comments, may have been drinking, and then strutted off the stage afterwards after speaking a eulogy, and then Pat, Pat Patterson came on and it got worse. Dang. This is all, I hate dirt sheets. Dude, I hate, look, it's mania season. I'm out of the dirt sheets. No one tell me, no one texts me anything. I don't want to hear anything. Okay? Rocky Johnson. Yeah, it's true. Rocky Johnson, RIP. We'll talk about him in a second. But first, the most important story of the past decade, which is Sergeant Slaughter has been accused of stolen valor. Is there anything, honest is this a work? to God, <laughs> it, it is a work. Even if it's not a work, it's a work. This is the best professional wrestling story of all time. This is like, if it was an onion headline, you would have been like, ha pretty good. But no, this is a real thing that's happening in the real world. We have, as with many things in pro wrestling, we have Sam Roberts to blame. Um, I say that. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to, to make fun of Sam Roberts without, without acknowledging up front that I'm being sarcastic. Uh, I don't have the same relationship with him that Rosenberg does. But we do have Sam Roberts to blame. So Sergeant Slaughter appeared on Sam's morning show and 
talked about his Vietnam service, which has been part of his character forever, but I guess is not true. And so all these like people on Twitter like now doing like the the Freedom Information Act requests or whatever <laughs> to prove that Sergeant Slaughter was not actually a Marine. So we have an impeachment trial coming up for his WWE Hall of Fame selection. Uh, that's a very good question. We might have to kick a couple people out of the Hall of Fame. Um, but more importantly, uh, we, we the WWE might have to stop using him in like slideshows of of uh, wrestlers who've served in the military. Like that's a thing that could happen. I can totally believe that they that nobody knew any better. This is weird. This is just a like it's different when like oh hey by the way that lovable legend Jimmy Snuka may may have killed a lady in a hotel room. Like this is a little bit different though. You know I mean this is like this is you know it's still well, like, I mean this is more like Yokozuna is not Japanese. Yes, yes. Um, man, I had that Sergeant Slaughter G.I. Joe action figure. I did too. That was my favorite action figure. Was that a mail away one? Yes. Yeah, that was next level. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe that? That was like the caveman world that we grew up in. If you really wanted like the best, the premium G.I. Joe action figures, you had to like save up you like barcodes. Oh, yeah. I mean, even for Star Wars too, to get the uh, Emperor Palpatine, you had to oh, yeah. mail away. You had to put a check in the mail. And then you weren't guaranteed to get it. You hoped that your number came up. It was like a reverse uh, Vietnam War draft. Like a like Speaking box tops. Like you open your, now you not, can't even open toys because they have to keep them in mint condition. But back then you like cut off the barcode or like the the proof of purchase somehow, mail these things in an envelope. Okay, you had to cut them out because you couldn't have found an envelope big enough to mail the whole back. <laughs> like that would have taken some special doing. Cut it, send, the, send the UPCs or whatever back with... A check, yeah, like like your mom had to write a check for like nine ninety five, and if you were lucky, you got the Sergeant Slaughter or Emperor Palpatine or something. Yeah, like that. it's wild. I only used my GI Joe figures for professional wrestling uh, because they were fully articulated. Exactly, and they could do different were, moves and but stuff. But not so, the first line. The first line of them were very rigid, yeah, robotic. But that next level, and then when you would break them, Dave. Okay, because they would inevitably the spring and the crotch would break. Oh, the oh the articulated the spine, ones, yeah. The spine of the yeah. GI Joe guy. That's when I'd get my dad to try to put the tweezers in, pull the rubber band out, and you could actually replace that rubber band. Yeah, you could. And then you could put different parts on different guys, and then it got wild. And yeah. like you, I don't think I ever had a a war with GI Joe. It was always a thirty man battle royale. Yeah, then you could get in the real fantasy booking, put different legs and arms on there, and you never know what's going to happen next. Um, listen. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, uh, I guess come clean, whatever, but this is the group I'm, I'm in love with the story and we'll never stop texting people this story. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Well, who's next? Because you remember when the steroid trial hit baseball where it was like, okay, I could believe Piazza, I could believe, you know, McGuire, Sosa, yeah. but it better not be Jeter. If it ends up being Jeter, it's going to ruin, you know, we can't believe in anyone uh, anymore, right? You know what I mean? Everyone's always like, if, if, as long as they're saying, as long as it's, you know, Cal Ripken and Jeter never touch the stuff, we'll be fine. Who's the next wrestler who's, uh, Life gimmick will will just completely expose. I mean, if Lacey him. Evans wasn't, then we're all just it, yeah. it's all over. I mean, WWE Hogan, Hogan already outed down. himself, so that he's kind of off the list. Um, yeah, no, it, it'll it'll be interesting. Uh, there, there's there's a, there are a lot more there are a lot more legends that could fall in the future, but this is actually a fine way to do it. Um, Rocky Johnson, The Rock's dad, passed away. Uh, we had a nice piece on the Ringer by Oliver Lee Bateman about him. Um, it, it's a sad thing, man. I mean, it's but he was he lived a, he lived a full life. He lived a good life. He, he's a WWE Hall of Famer. Not that that's everybody's goal, but it's a big thing. And, uh, you know, as a dad, you and I can probably both say most importantly, he's lived to see his son achieve like the like everything in yeah, the world. That's the American dream right there. Your son become uh, not only more famous than you when you're already a star in your own genre, but becomes, you know, one of the... More famous than anyone. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Kendo Nagasaki died too. Who's a big figure from my childhood? Uh, rest in peace to all those guys. It happens in threes. Anyone else die recently? Uh, Wrestling related? There has to be. 
I mean, yes. I was going to pick somebody. I always felt bad because Rocky Johnson is part of that star WWF era right before the Vince National boom. So he was in that group of guys that my dad would talk about when I was getting in in the 84, 85, 86 window to to the Hogan's and all that. You know, my dad would be like, well, yeah, Hogan's okay, but, you know, you should see how built Rocky Johhnson is. And, and, you know, and and he's part of those guys who kind of their WWF run ended just at the transition. Uh, Brian Koppelman, who's the, you know, wrote Rounders, co-wrote Rounders and showrunners, uh, creator of Billions, um, friend of the show, friend of, dear friend of Bill Simmons. Um, the first time I met him, uh, he like pulled me aside and just wanted to talk about Bruno San Martino at length. And that, and he knew way more about Bruno. I mean, he just lived through it, you know, but that was the era. That was the era. And it was just so interesting and vital. And even though the WWF, you know, the Hulkamania era, I mean, people talk about how, like, you know, the, these are the New York fans are different than, like, the Atlanta fans or, like, the Southern fans or whatever. But, like, the New York fans that were, like, hot for Rocky Johnson, and Tony Atlas, and Bruno Sammartino, and, and you know, that whole era, um, Chief J. Strongbow, uh, they, like, they were a different sort of fan than the WrestleMania, you know, the Hulkamania oh, yeah. fans, too. Like, they loved that. I mean, th- it was... For everything the whole, for everything the slam me boss moment was in WrestleMania three, yeah. right? And that's that is that for guys our age, that's the freaking moment, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Outside of maybe the Mega Powers turn, outside yeah. of maybe that, but for that generation before and Snuka jumping off the cage on Morocco, yeah. that moment is like a thousand times more important and memorable to that generation than I feel like the Andre Hulk was to us, even though Andre Hulk is like the biggest moment ever because. Yeah. It was so early in the process to to see something like that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, yeah, and and Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas, what a great tag team. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I don't I don't think either of those guys really get the the credit they deserve. But um, as with all these things, we always say, go back and you know, you like fire up YouTube, fire up the WWE Network, go you know pay homage by enjoying by you know enjoying what they what they have done for us. I mean, that's that's the big thing we can do as wrestling fans. There was a third one. La Parca died. Oh, yeah. The other La Parca. Now, and it's weird. You know what? I feel bad for the second La Parca because every conversation is, oh, by the way, guys, it's not the WCW La Parca. It's the other one. I know. It's like and then wrestlers, we're all like, oh, great. Thanks. Okay. Yes. Yes. You know, wrestlers are like forced to apologize, like to couch their like their condolences on, <laughs> and like, on oh, Twitter. Like, oh, I never knew that La Parca. That guy's fine. Yeah. I mean, Shane Helms. I mean, this is not a Shane, not a knock on Shane Helms, but it's but like, I think he was the first one I saw when someone was like, do you have anything to say about the passing of La Parca? And he was like, <laughs> it's very sad. Just to be clear, this is not the WCW <laughs> La Parca. This is the other La Parca. Who so when when the guy went to WCW when the guy came back from WCW he switched companies and the original company was like no we own the name it was basically like very Sincara yeah or fake Razor fake Diesel whatever yes. it's like we own the bad guy Razor Ramon and so the one that we know just was wrestling as L.A. Park all over the place ever since but anyway uh, it is a tragedy I mean he died he died in or he got he injured himself uh, doing a, like a suicide dive and and eventually died so that's really sad but anyway. That generation's going. The Silver King died the year before. I mean, you know. And the ring, too, Watch right? your back, Rey Mysterio, right? Yeah. Oof. Um, all right. What else do we need to talk about? We got the, we got the Royal Rumbles coming up, which we will talk about at great length. I'm going to run through this news to make sure we didn't, we didn't miss anything. Oh, my God. Do we need to talk about Tessa Blanchard? Yikes. This is a good reason to, like, skip a week of professional wrestling so I can pretend that never happened. Tessa Blanchard won the Impact title and then... And you know what? Online meltdown. Here's what sucks. 
It was a good ass piece of business, the whole build. And not, you know, I don't pretend in 2020 to be watching Impact on the regular, but that was a story I cared about. Mm-hmm. The idea of taking a woman and presenting her as a legitimate yeah. title contending wrestler and not in the China eighth wonder of the world way, even though I respect and love that part mm-hmm. of history. But really for the first time on a major level like this, you know, this isn't Joey Ryan intergender wrestling. This is like right. legit. And the story they told in that match was great. But the news that broke on Twitter two, three days before, it sucks that it put a black eye because, you know, if it's true, it's deplorable. If it's halfway true, it's still pretty bad. You know, (laughs) if there's even a little bit of smoke to that fire, it, uh, yeah. Um, She's special in the ring. And I hope that she can work her way out of this bad reputation (sighs) for how she supposedly, allegedly had treated people backstage. So Kenny Herzog wrote a great piece for The Ringer very recently about Tessa and about how she basically was just like, you know, this is the next big thing. This is like the the future of, you know, one of the, the future of women's wrestling. And she's sort of like toiling away in like double A ball right now, you know, and it's just like. I mean, Impact's great. And actually, the story she was telling there will do more to, if you know, if she goes on to greatness, that'll be a huge well, part of her legend. The experience that she's getting through yeah. this push will be a thousand times more valuable than five years on the, you know, WWE main roster. But but there is this sort of like, <clears throat> one of the one of the tough things that Kenny dealt with, and he, and he, he I mean, I mean uh, in, in research, and he dealt with it pretty tactfully in the piece, is that the question as to why she's not under WWE contract is just sort of like floating around out there. Right, there I mean, some, she had the the tryout with the May Young Classic, which gets everybody in, basically. And there's like three different stories came out of that as to why why it didn't work out. Uh, her stepdad Magnum TA and father Tully Blanchard, I think, both had sort of off the record theories as to why she wasn't signed. There was a whole bunch of stuff, and it was like there, it was none of it felt right. And I don't know if this all this rumors and stuff that's floating around out there is true. You know, I'm inclined to believe there's some truth to it, but there's you know there's certainly some reason why. It's you like know. we just, we we we're, we'll be fine if she's just a cocky a hole. Like yeah. we, we, you know, a lot of lot of great people in in their specific specific skill set have uh-huh. been have done that. There's a narcissistic level sure. of quality. But what sucks to me is this: we are in an era of overinflated WWE PR good stories, where it's like yeah. this is the first of this kind of women. So let's put out press releases and pat ourselves on the back. And I'm not saying that having women main event WrestleMania, which was awesome, uh-huh. is is not something to celebrate. It is. But I respect more as a hardcore wrestler what Tessa Blanchard just pulled off, meaning she came off as a believable title contender yeah. and had a great seri- program with Sammy Callahan. Match told a hell of a story. It was it was raw. It was intense. It was physical. That, to me, is a greater advancement of the quote-unquote women's evolution, Dave, than even a yeah. WWE evolution pay-per-view. You know, it's like that is a little bit too forced and, and, and commercial where this is kind of organic. Yeah, but I'm not going to put on my Tessa Blanchard T-shirt that I don't even own because this, you know, if if this is who she is, it's going to take some time to wear that reputation away. I agree. There's a whole bunch of big signings that are about to come up. I mean, her her free agency is one of many things that were that is on the horizon. But um, her former intergender opponent Brian Cage is apparently signing with AEW. Um, There's somebody else is about to sign with AEW. But the big news was that that Marty Scroll. Re, did not sign with AEW, nor did he sign with NXT, WWE. He just re-upped with Ring of Honor. He's sharpening pencils, Dave. They, they like made him the book. They gave him the book, gave him the pencil, gave him the... Well, they gave him one of the pencils, right? He's on the committee, so to speak. This is like when Ultimate Warrior came back after WrestleMania 8 
and they were like, you have creative control. And then the next thing you knew, he was like throwing up pur- purple goo. <laughs> and he insisted after the fact that he had nothing to do with it. It's like, what did you agree to? What was the contract then? Like of all, like I get it if you don't have complete creative control, but if you have a pencil and the other pencil saying throw up purple goo, I feel like you could erase some of <laughs> one of those words. Anyway. Um, Shout out to Papa Shango. <laughs> yes. Papa Shango. Do you see there was someone just, oh, it was from the table for three thing. There was, um, they were going to bring Papa Shango back in the Attitude Era. We're really far afield now, and they released some photos of his like more serious Papa Shango look oh, that were really badass. That would have been badass. But apparently Vince saw him and it was just like, let's put him in the Nation of Domination. Let's give him hose. All right, let's All right. move on. Um, but anyway, um, so Marty Scroll, as uh, one of the bookers of Ring of Honor, is in charge of strengthening Ring of Honor's relationships with New Japan. With Now they're doing a thing with the NWA. They might be doing it. And quote unquote, getting WWE main roster money to stay and do that. That's interesting because we're, we're, Ring of Honor is going the wrong direction. It's a, it's a million percent true. If they, I mean, I don't like I'm a huge Marty Scroll fan. Like I saw him wrestle live and, uh, you know, bought a villain hat that didn't even fit me because I just wanted to like give the guy 20 bucks. Like I love he was from the moment I saw him I was a huge fan but even through all this like I I just assumed he would end up in AEW and assumed it would be fun and interesting but like never did I am I would I have thought he's like the linchpin of a wrestling company like on his own all that said if a I mean if Ring of Honor had lost him that might have just been it for Ring of Honor I mean, who's left in that cupboard? Bandito and PCO? Yeah, but like Bandito is like, you know, who, I mean, everybody seems to be signing one-year contracts anyway, and like one-year contracts in wrestling mean very little, you well, know? Well, but what this signing means is they have the potential to be almost a feeder for AEW, which would be the smartest direction they can go right now. It, yeah. It, a, sharing, a sharing company that 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 can feed and, ta- and receive and... And I mean, it goes back to Tessa Blanchard. If she went to AEW, that's the 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 missing piece to that women's division. Oh, that yeah. that is the flat tire on that car at the moment. For right. sure, for sure. I mean, they, I mean, they had a an interesting kind of future of the division match on on uh, Dynamite this week, live from Jericho's cruise ship. But uh, but yeah, I agree. She could, she could make a lot of difference there. I sat two seats behind Dean Ambrose uh, Sunday night on a plane ride back from uh, Vegas to Charlotte, connecting. Really? Yeah, he was in first class. He was very incognito. I didn't bother him. What is incognito? He didn't have an eye patch. He didn't on? have the gas mask on from yeah. his last uh, WWE run, but uh, Mox had the dark sunglasses, the leather jacket that don't look at me look. You know, I respect that publicly. I yeah. try to, I mean, look, Dave, you're not having conversations on a plane next to somebody, right? You're putting on your headphones and, and putting the hat over your eyes and trying to uh, avoid getting MRSA, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I try to, I pay the extra money to get on first. Yes. And then I, uh, uh, hopefully get a seat that no one has to climb over but if so just like I pull out my iPad put on a movie push play and do not look up yeah this for- is in 1984 we're not we're not having an hour long conversation on the airplane please so where what are you doing in Charlotte uh, I was in Vegas for UFC 246 I don't know if you heard but Conor McGregor's back with a bang and now uh, every, did hear everyone's that. really rich and happy again yeah um yeah Conor McGregor man what a guy Yes, he will be main eventing WrestleMania. I mean, it's quasi pro wrestling talk, Dave. I mean, it's you know, it's be, I what talk about it on my wrestle on my boxing show this week too. I mean, it's 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 the biggest headline in sports. It's Is he going to fight Manny? Is he going to do? That's box? the thing. You know, everyone's right, and I did, I this, I wrote the same piece for CBS Sports this week. Of you know, here's the seven or eight most likely people who have next, and it's people across multiple sports. I mean, that's that's a wild spot to be in when you've. I mean, uh, you know, not to go too deep in the weeds, but even Terrence Crawford, a championship yeah. welterweight boxer, is offering to fight Connor in a UFC fight just so he could get a boxing fight afterwards, just which is an idiotic, like almost uh, slimy way to sort of throw yourself. McGregor out there. versus Tyson today with no training. Who wins? 
in MMA, that's a that's a serious weight difference. Well, so you think Tyson's got him? Tyson at what fifty three now? High? Yeah. Ah. Uh, did you see? You know those videos pop up every four months oh, where Tyson's yeah. doing the combinations. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still taking Tyson. And a street fight? Yeah, I'm still taking Tyson. Yeah, weight means a lot. That's why they have all those weight classes. Um, Connor weighs like less than Harvey Whippleman. I mean, come on. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Sid Vicious this week. So there's been a lot of Harvey Whippleman or Downtown Bruno in my life. Uh, I saw him, by the way, backstage at SmackDown. Hand Harvey, the, hand Bruno, hand yeah. the paper bag to Vince with the with the uh, you know his lunch, whatever. I mean, it was like this small piece of like insider hardcore yeah. wrestling minutia that I popped so huge for. The door opened. Vince was in like this brown like shit colored suit, and he reached out his hand, and Bruno passed him the the paper bag, and then he heard like, and then the door closed. It was great. That's amazing. Yeah, Bruno's what, like a concierge's official title? Yeah, he's been, you know, he was on-air talent for like, what, five years? And then he's been like Vince's runner for 27. It's fantastic. Would you? How much money would it take for you to be Vince's runner? You know, I couldn't last. I don't even think I could last in that company. Even some amazing elevated like writer slash PR slash on-air talent, Peter Rosenberg position. I don't think I could last because uh, it's a, you know, you hear the stories. It's wild, dude. It's wild. It's wild. It's it wild. Is. I mean, I, and I, and plus I'm going through a divorce with Vince McMahon creatively right now as a fan too. So it's, you know, it's a tough Ooh. time. It's a tough time to be alive, Dave. It's tough. One last thing. One last news, news bite before wait, do we, do we just totally skip over something? Did I start something and not finish it? You were going Marty Squirrel direction. Oh, I yeah, mean, Marty it, look, that leans into the potential joint AEW? AEW NJPW thing that Jericho started during Wrestle Kingdom during that it post is, press conference. As, I mean, if, if, if the NWA... Obviously, the, like the, one of the not the brightest light in this bunch, but the NWA, Ring of Honor, AEW, New Japan. If their forces were combined, that's a real serious opposition to WWE. Yeah, that's so many cooks in the kitchen, though. I mean, in theory, if there was one Booker, one owner, if you had one Vince McMahon to sign the checks and say yes or no, Dave. But you grew up during the Super Clash era, like I did. I mean, yeah, I know, you know, Vern's trying to screw people. Kerry Von Erich's cut open, bleeding all over Jerry Lawler. Uh, nobody gets paid. Nobody wants a job for the other. It's unbelievable because you'd think that in those situations that the competing, the, the issue of like competing priorities, you know, like everybody thinks their guy should win would, would kind of fall by the wayside. You can do a little give and take. You know, they manage to figure out a way to make like faces and heels, win sort of bounce out on big shows, you know, that sort of thing. But no, like if you read the story of Super Clash, it's just like none of it worked and less of it made sense. And it was just because people are like you were constantly in search of a of like basically dusty finishes to every match. I mean, it was like a different way to blow it up. Well, let, let me ask you this. So we're never going to get the ideal dream, right? Which is everybody who's not WWE team up together to compete with WWE. Uh -huh. And the reason why that's the ideal dream is because, as you know, last three, four years, you could argue that what has been going on outside of the doors of Raw and SmackDown has been infinitely better than what's going on inside the doors of them in terms of creative yeah. match quality ratings, all that good stuff. Too many cooks in the kitchen. It's not going to work. Even though it's heartbreaking that AEW, whom I love, AEW is probably my favorite show week to week. Okay, yeah. yet they're still missing something, and they're, what they're missing is that backbone that NJPW brings of just next freaking level. Is this MMA or is this pro wrestling? Yeah. Oh my god, that guy almost broke his neck. Oh my god, that match was seventeen and a half stars. It's missing that grit. What if there's a middle ground where these companies can't join forces for good, 
But what if they agreed to, because one pay-per-view a year, I don't think would, would matter. If you had an all-in like show where you had NWA, NJPW, ROH, AEW, all that, it'd be, it'd be a fun idea. What about every year you make four majors? And it's the majors is the rest of the independents. It's like everybody that's not WWE and everybody agrees to play well in those majors. And then potentially they can share talent after the big match yeah. for a little bit. Then suddenly, you know, when it's Wrestle Kingdom, I got to watch because everybody in the States that isn't on WWE is going to be there. And when it's AEW all out or whatever, I got to watch because the NJPW guys are going to oh, be they, there. They each get an ex one of their existing shows basically becomes a cross promotional show for and they each. Get, and they, everybody in all talent on board, well, you know, however you want to do it. I think it's a good idea. You got to have some unbiased body, like, like governing body that assigns sort of a point system to like wrestler value, but also wins and losses. So like if somebody, you know, if AEW comes out like eight points ahead after the show, then you're like, okay, you owe Ring of Honor eight points in a in in like personal appearances or like you know run-ins or something like that. It could be pretty cool. I think the biggest problem with the crossover is that the one thing that even if they found a way to make it work, they do the big super shows, they do everything. At the end of the day, wins and losses matter a lot less to fans than you know as they do to the promoters and the wrestlers themselves. The thing that's gonna the, the reason why it's gonna come up empty to the fans is that we all love faction warfare. We all love like team fights, but we also love those gimmicky turns. And if if it's real life contractual barriers that are separating these companies, if Kenny Omega can't hit, you know, Cody Rhodes with a chair and and rejoin New Japan at the end of the show, <laughs> then it's going to feel a little bit hollow compared to what we're used to watching, right? A hundred percent. I mean, look, when I originally started this, this revolution talk. This was, uh, so 2017 got me into new Japan. The Omega Okada feud blew my mind. Like yeah. everybody else. I, I got, I got woke to what's out there. I was a guy who was falling in love with NXT, falling out of love with regular main roster. And when I, 2018, when I'm like, there's gotta be a revolution, we're going somewhere where somebody's going to join up and do something. I envisioned AEW, but I envisioned it, Dave, as NJPW North America. But, with all the American stars from the Being the Elite series yeah. that got us hooked into that. And it's, we're just not quite there, even though, again, I freaking love AEW. We're not quite there at really having something that is definitively has a chance to call itself the best in the world. Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, I think that's true. But we're, we, we're closer to getting there. Much more of a chance it will be there someday. I mean, wouldn't you rather have two brands per week that you must see rather than now where it's like i got seven shows i gotta watch and i hope there's not a pay-per-view this week because that'll be eight and a half and uh, you know oh it's 205 live still on i mean i don't i don't want to turn every wrestling podcast i do into complaining about how much wrestling there is right now but it's uh, it's there's like i want to see it all i'm a completist completionist i want to watch every second you just can't do it Dave. well listen i think uh we can all agree that the most important thing in the world to talk about right now is what's coming up. Actually, I have one more bit of news. One more bit of news before we and it'll, so it'll be a nice segue into this weekend. John Cena was on uh, some show, and he said, "I can talk about uh, WWE as long as you want, but what I don't want to do is to take somebody who spent fifty bucks and a ticket for themselves, their partner, their families. They bought souvenirs, they bought popcorn, and paid for parking, and have a look at, and 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 look at me and have a look at me like he used to be something." John Cena is either really setting the table for to try to surprise us by making a Royal Rumble appearance, or he's uh, being honest about um, the fact that he might be sort of done. Like he doesn't want, he never wants to be out there being the artist formerly known as John Cena, just sort of like 
you know, five knuckle shuffling it for for a cheap pop and and uh, you know taking the bag. That's really interesting because you just sort of assume big match John's always going to show up when the money's there. Mm-hmm. And then we got comfortable in this part time phase. We're like, okay, he's going to show up. He's going to have bad hair. He's going to be pushing another movie, but he'll probably do a pretty badass match. Then we yeah. won't see him again. Is his heart out of it now, Dave? Completely? Is that what he's saying? I mean, listen for years. Cena was the guy whose heart was like, he was the one guy who'd be like, I'm never going to Hollywood. And I was like, yeah, I believe that. I don't think that he, I don't think there's anything else in the world he wants to do. But man, he got a taste of that good Hollywood. Yeah. Did he sell out or did he buy in? I mean, I think they just, I think that the door just opened. I think it's just like, like, I'm never going to be one of those. Like, it's like you at your job, just like, I'm never going to be a, I'm never going to be a, a front office big wig. And then <laughs> someone's just like, uh, we'd like you to be CFO, CEO. And here's the uh, salary. And you're just like, I've never wanted anything more in my life. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just think any, you know, it's easy to say no before you get the opportunity. Um, Can you construct a WrestleMania match for him to go out on his own terms against an opponent we haven't seen that you need to see right now, Dave? Because I'm not going to do the, what if he showed up in AEW? No, forget that. I'm talking about just going out with a bang and being like, yeah, I'm walking away right now. It was weird because in boxing, as you well know, like people retire at the drop of a hat, right? And then they come back a million times, but it's like, like a 23 year old can like win a fight and have a title shot next and be like, and by the way, I'm retiring now, you know, like it's <laughs> like, there's no, like everybody's just retiring like helter skelter and wrestling. Now it's like people do come back from retirement. So don't get me wrong, but now everybody's afraid to retire because they don't want to be like, they don't want to, they don't have to go back on their word in this fake sport. But anyway, yeah, I think John Cena versus like, what would be the right look for John Cena? I mean, if The Fiend became something next level, which he's aiming in that direction, that's sort of like, you know, who's the one pure baby face? Because, you know, I mean, that that's Roman's role. We know that. But who's the one pure baby face who can do it? You know, that'd be interesting. It would be great just to put over somebody. Put him in the ring with somebody who just they just seemed from, you know, a thousand feet away, like a surefire John Cena goes over squash match. Like John Cena versus like heel Rusev, like the 50th edition or like Eric Rowan or just something like that. <laughs> and just have the other person just beat the shit out of him. Oh, we saw that. It was called the Undertaker Cena at uh, <laughs> WrestleMania New Orleans. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. It'll be it'll be fun to see. I mean, I think we all love John Cena now. It'll be fun to see him again. Um, uh, we get it. So we probably won't see him in the Royal Rumble. Um quickly before we get to the Royal Rumble I want to touch re- just really briefly on NXT and AEW because uh, they're not in, well AEW is certainly not involved in the Royal Rumble um, I don't know if anything from those two shows stood out to you but AEW is going is live from the uh, Jericho Cruise big news coming out of that show was actually I think the first match when uh, Paige and Omega won the tag titles from SEU the first title change I think in AEW's brief history Hmm. They only have a couple titles. But anyway, um, it didn't seem like the biggest moment in the history of time, but it was interesting that they're kind of still painting this like very, they're telling this really long story, Kenny Omega story, Kenny Omega elite Adam Page story. Um, and this is just another chapter in it. I don't know. I'm really, I'm kind of, you know, a lot. They're, they're obviously, they're not, you can, you know, pick nits with the, with some of their storytelling decisions, but. They're definitely telling long-term stories over there, and it's really gratifying in a way to see them like sort of start to play out. 
Oh yeah, and you're selling. You're seeing so many subtle little moments from Adam Page through this, where you're like, "Oh wait, you know, he's, he's going to turn. He's going to turn. I can feel it. He's going to turn. This is great. This is great." And you know, and then I always say, AEW's got things going on during the commercials that is yeah. more exciting than than SmackDown has ever been in the Fox era. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing him out there drinking beers with the crowd. And I'm like, "Are we going to Scott Hall, uh, Nitro, Drunk Angle here? Where are we yeah. going here?" But in the end, the idea of of teaming up two stars. And having them win championships while you're uneasy whether they will stay together and when it will combust is so mega powersy that I just any any bastardized form of the mega powers exposed storyline. Which, by the way, the second Seth Rollins and uh, and Buddy Murphy were were tagged up, I'm like, give me that, pour give some that mega match. powers on me in yeah. the name of love, please. Yes, I will. I will stand at the altar and get fired up for that. And then when you're doing it in AEW, which I think the thing they're doing better than anyone in the world is those the tag team matches on television yeah. feel like they're pay-per-view headliners every single week. Yeah. And they're able to do it's not just the the Bucks and the and the Lucha Bros. It's like like Omega and Paige who are not tag team partners. I mean, it's kind of a makeshift team of two big stars, but they don't feel like mega powers, you like they're squashing everybody in their way. It's like they're learning how to be tag team wrestlers, you know. And it's great. It's 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 been really cool. Can we pour one out real quick for Paul Orndorff in 1986, Dave? Do you know people never realize that that's one of the greatest feuds of all time, Orndorf Hogan, Hogan? Yeah. Orndorff, and how in reality it's like the test run for what the mega powers became. Yeah, it's really the same story without a lady in the middle. It's the same jealousy story. It is. Go back and watch that stuff on YouTube or on or on the. I don't know how to even look for it in the network, but there's a great thing where like I mean the. the the, the, the beginning of the feud basically stems from Hogan not answering Paul Orndorff's telephone call. <laughs> He's a he, Paul Orndorff, by the way, that's one of the best early WWF acting jobs ever. Yeah. He's flipping out on the phone. Well, call him. Tell him. I don't care if he's putting up 500 yeah. pounds. Like, oh, uh, and you got Heenan in the flower shop just, just yeah. putting his finger in the wound. He'll call there's him. There's also a lot of, it's a, there's also a little, little bit of reality, like meta storytelling there, because there's a lot of people that think that if Hogan hadn't signed, then Orndorff would have been that guy. I So I will, for, look, WrestleMania 2, 1986 is right in my early prime wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I will go to my grave wishing that Orndorff, that that story was told a little bit earlier. So Orndorff would have been the WrestleMania 2 opponent in the main event for uh-huh. Hogan. And it would have given him historically sort of a next level Orndorf. bronzing or, you know, yeah. you know, whereas he's now like, you know, Hall of Famer. Oh, he was great. Yeah. Oh, didn't he? What happened to his arm? Didn't it get all thin and skinny and weird? Yeah, that all happened. But he main evented with Hogan the precursor to SummerSlam. Remember they did the big event in Toronto in the yeah. summer of 86? Yeah. It wasn't on pay-per-view, but it was sort of a tryout for what the SummerSlam sure. would become. I wish that happened at Mania because, you know, Bundy's great, but come on. I mean, it's freaking freaking King Kong Bundy. Now, Bundy's so great. I don't know that you can take Bundy away, but I, but I do agree about Orndorff. He's he's fantastic. Um, the other big news coming out of Dynamite was that uh, John Moxley, your, your travel buddy, um, is the new number one contender for Jericho's belt. He beat uh, Pac, Pac, um, and what was a really good match, but man, I mean, uh, you know, they've gone through a lot of the uh, iterations of what they can do at the top of the card already. But Moxley Jericho is the the best shot at like mainstream appeal, no doubt that they could possibly be, you know, like you know, push the button for right now. Uh, I'm not I'm, saying it's their it's their best match, or even the you know, if they could only put on one show a year, that wouldn't that might not be the main event. I mean, they have a lot of other things that could like get people's attention in a new and interesting way. But that's certainly as far as like WWE fans, 
lapsed wrestling fans like that's a lot of rec- of of facial recognition if not name uh, and i think even for the non-wrestling fans who could tune into the show and see two guys with that much star power charisma and talking ability yeah i mean everything jericho's doing in aew is so next level it's yeah. so like and it's all subtle brilliance right it's it's like it's like bob dylan playing three chords it's like well that's pretty basic no it's absolutely brilliant it's just like it's so perfect i yeah. mean you're talking about 2019 awards can we pour one out for chris jericho like Dave, he wasn't just an MVP. Listen, I've already recorded my year-end awards. They're going to air after this. On but this he wasn't episode. just an MVP candidate. Yeah, he's like a front runner, like competing for that award, and he's like forty-nine. Like this is Dave. It's unbelievable. He had the best year of an old guy ever. Yeah, beat that, Dave. Beat that. I don't. I mean, I know fifty-three-year-old Flair could work in the ring and work in the bar, but he he's not having a calendar year like that. He's not headlining uh, Dominion. Come on. No, it's totally true. Uh, it's it's a it's been a hell of a year for him. It's been a hell of a year for him, and he looks so young and so vital that like we actually, I think he's actually getting like people aren't giving him credit for being as old as he is. I know that sounds weird, but like Ric Flair always looked kind of old. Jericho just look has always looked so kind of like boyish, and now we're just like, man, he put on weight. It's like no, dude's fifty. <laughs> Give him credit. Give that hairline some credit. All right, um, NXT. A lot of stuff happened, but the bit, only thing I want to talk about was my man Keith Lee winning the North American Championship. A lot of people, including CM Punk on WWE Backstage, FS1, I fantasy booked him into the Royal Rumble. Um, I got to say, I, I wholeheartedly support that idea. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this like precludes that from happening, but it's a great look for Keith Lee. Imagine if you got a little one-on-one moment against Brock in the Rumble. Those are the kind of little moments that the, see them the smart and you side. just, you know, pops for. Yeah. I have one complaint about Keith Lee. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that Keith Lee is not only my favorite wrestler, but one of my top three favorite humans. Really? Favorite wrestler? I, I love Keith Lee. And I probably have wrestlers that I like more than him, like that I would put above him in my like pro wrestler rankings. But... He's he's in my like top five wrestlers and top five people. I don't I've never even met him. I just think he's fucking great. I think he's the best. <laughs> when they signed him, I was like, he could be in the main event of WrestleMania next year. Let's just like make it happen. Do you pop when he when when he got the Triple H picture? When he got the sideways finger pointing at him? I think I've seen that one. I'm oh, sure. it just came out. It, oh, it, it, just, it just you know every everyone who does something big or gets called up trip pop, yeah. patriarch Papa trips gives them that moment. Huh? So great. I have one. I have one complaint though. Uh, the t-shirts and the branding are garbage. Uh, the t-shirts are going in the wrong direction Here's very quickly. First of all, I don't need his fucking silhouette. Like that's been done and whatever. And like you can't, a silhouette cannot capture his immensity because it's going to be smaller. It's bad. Also, uh, Legion with two E's because his last name is Lee. I do not need to be part of a Legion. There's nothing Greek or Roman or whatever about this dude. It's not, a, I'm not part of the Legion. I'm just a, I'm a effing Keith Lee fan. <laughs> Let's keep it simple. Simplicity is the calling card, right? The limitless thing. I kind of get it. Limitless. Okay, let's that's fine. I don't need a shirt that says limitless. That to me does not evoke the central characteristics of Keith Lee. Also, what doesn't evoke it? Baskin the glory. Maybe I'm missing something here. But when you say, when I say Baskin, like I'm basking in the glory. I am the glorious one, right? You don't get to bask in my glory. Basking in the glory is a self-referential thing. The person who is being imbued with the glory is the one basking. It's like a cat basking in sunlight. The cat is the one getting warm. It's not someone else is like, oh, I'm basking in that cat's sun. No, you're the, like... Yeah. Only Bobby Roode gets to... Get, gets to exactly. Know. No, other people are not basking in your glory. It just, it doesn't work that way. And here's the thing. 
he's just too cool for all of this fucking nonsense like it's like yeah. he just got it's like someone like he was like someone we had to like test market 18 catchphrases for this guy no his t-shirt should just say like keith lee motherfucker like that's it you know or or it should say um like like just fuck catchphrases just watch him like that's it it's like that simple if you want to make like a funny one just be like i was there when keith lee headlined wrestlemania <laughs> 2021 make that shirt today and watch how many people buy a shirt that says Keith Lee headline WrestleMania next year. You're going into my territory here. Get me up. You get me up and going. I mean, does Ricochet have to be a superhero? Can't he just be a cool black guy that does flips? Like, come on, dude. Like, let does the guy Keith, be. Does he have to come out and run, like, cut funny promos? I mean, I guess he was kind of good. I, I, mean, I like it's seeing the him fast squared food McDonald's McMahon way to do it. You just hate when it trickles down to NXT, which seems to be about just bare bones, turn the lights down, basic arena, and let's go out there and wrestle, you know? And in... Even NXT has to go through the the PC factory and you know the performance center factory and and ah oh man it Dave look here's the deal I get criticized on my own podcast for just being oh you're just an AEW homer just hates Vince I don't hate Vince I just know what else is out there I know what it could be like yeah. I know what it used to be like there are some things you just need to do in this business to actually have a third boom period we think we're in the third boom period but we're not really sure if we really are right I mean it's booming but but we're mm. not really sure. Why AEW is my favorite show? Not because it's always booked the best, not because they have my favorite wrestlers, not because any of that, because I know it's performers trying to figure out what's the best version of themselves yep. on the microphone and in the ring. And I know that the training wheels are on almost everyone in WWE. And I can't get past that, Dave. I still watch. I still comment. I still break it down, but I can't get past that. It's true. It's really hard. I mean, AEW, they're just like, everybody's like, you're right. I mean, they're finding ways for everybody to excel. NXT 2. Um, and listen, I mean, like, there's like, I'm so happy Keith Lee won to bring it back around. There's nothing more. I mean, like, they, they, they're letting him excel. Keith Lee, like, shoulder tackling security guards over the bushes outside <laughs> is exactly what Keith Lee needs to be doing. He was shot out of a cannon in that moment. Um, his zero to sixty speed in that in that and that in that scene you're talking about yeah. is insane. But that should be all of. I mean, that should be what they base a Keith Lee shirts on, not silly catchphrases. Anyway, we got a pay per view this weekend. Maybe Keith Lee will be in it. The Royal Rumble, the most exciting night of the professional WWE professional wrestling calendar. Um, Dave, what's your favorite Rumble? Let's. let's uh, I'm gonna. Inter- I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna wreck your show, Jesus. Dave. I have no. What idea. is your favorite damn Rumble? I don't. I have no idea. What's what's what, what is my favorite Rumble supposed to be? It, 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 I'm not asking you what the best one was. Everybody's got a favorite, right? What's your favorite damn rumble? I mean, look, I'm sure 60% of your audience will say 1992 Ric Flair going zero, going zero to 30 and winning it, right? That was the best story with they a told tear in his friggin' eye, okay? Yeah, I think that's probably, that's really good. Cena, I mean, Cena, I was going to say, Cena MSG has to be in that conversation. Man, that was huge. I don't know. I have no idea. I watched them all long ago. I think back at Grantland, I like ranked every pop. Of every like every entrance ever, <laughs> which was the worst idea I ever I could have had because I just like realized about a quarter of the way through the project already on deadline that I had to watch like forty hours of whatever of television, um, and hit pause a whole lot to double check things and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even. I, don't, I mean, the Ric Flair one is the best story. Um, Man, that had a lot of good stuff in it. I don't know. I don't know. Was that what were you going to say? You were going to say Cena? I was going to say, I think those two are the most iconic. I mean, certainly either of the two in the Attitude Era when Austin won just has that like feel of viral just yeah. energy. 
Um, I love, you know, it's a sneaky one that I like. People don't recognize this one. 2017 in San Antonio. It was a pretty bad rumble. One through 20. It was Randy Orton. Oh yeah. But 20 through 30 had Taker, Lesnar, Goldberg. It had all these mini stories being told after this horrendously long and boring start that it was just like this car wreck. Bang, bang, bang. Sometimes rumbles give you those sort of mini sections remember the the uh the the cm punk with with uh, oh, yeah. when, when he eliminated everybody in the ring he's just sitting there yeah, cutting promos the i mean that was one of the best stretches in royal rumble history that jump out to me yeah what was the one where axe and smash were the first two guys in the ring oh, i love that one that's about the second or third one i believe yeah <laughs> um all right we got a lot of we got a lot of just like regular ass matches we're going to tear through these as quickly as possible and then we're going to talk rumble uh andrade versus umberto carrillo is there any way andrade loses this I guess there is. There is. I, I just don't think Humberto Carrillo has shown us a lot lately. He's shown us like he's, you know, right up there with a the guy from NXT Garza who's really jumping out. And um, a lot of people use those guys in the same sentence. And I'm reluctant to for fear. I'll just sound vaguely racist. But like I, I felt the same. A, a lot fear. of the no, no. But I think a lot of people are just like, why? Like, what if they swap places? Would we like, would the world be a better place? Like, uh, so I'm trying to compliment Humberto without yeah. sounding like no, but Humberto's great. I like that him. Spanish guy. Uh, he's been doing great. I don't think he's ready for this type of rub yet, but. I mean, him coming in the Rey Mysterio mess this week and sort of having these moments, uh, he can work. Yeah. He, he can really work. But, dude, I need Andrade in my life as a champion, please. Yeah, he's great. And I do need an invasion angle involving Charlotte beating up Zelina one of these days because, look, those IG photos are just getting out of control. Right? <laughs> I mean, they're based, they're borderline making love on, on Instagram. We're so, we're not very far removed from like Instagram photos that, that go against storyline being like the worst thing that any fan's ever seen. And now it's just like a regular day. At the well, office. let me ask, let me, Dave, I keep sidelining your damn Royal Rumble preview. Things happen cyclically in life, right? Uh-huh. So that means like bell bottoms can come back, you know, whatever, and whatever you, you want to use your comparison in wrestling. Uh-huh. No one ever says this question. Will full on kayfabe ever come back around? Will it be so missed? We always reference the eighties, the dying days of full on kayfabe, right? The last time where it was still real to me, damn it. Will we ever come back to that just because we're building up a, a, an army of so many smart hipster fans that are like, I would love to live in a world with no dirt sheets where people live the damn gimmick. And I, I'm so conv- convinced that this storyline feels real, that it might actually be real, that we have a complete turnaround. Well, you mean that we buy it or that they're just like totally on this is totally scripted? Well, it would start at the top that WWE or whatever the lead company at the moment would have to present a full on cave. You know, we couldn't see WWE Network behind the scenes specials, right? You couldn't see that anymore. I mean, I guess it would have to take a rival company that impacted the the genre so emphatically like ECW did the 90s yeah you know but part of that impact was we are like if Lucha Underground had like just caught on caught on like wildfire and taken over yeah I find it hard to imagine I just don't think we're ever going to get there we know I mean we're we're too used to the way things are we're almost having like a territory system again and it's wild right yeah it's a different world uh Bailey versus Lacey Evans can I just say for the record that I don't understand why Lacey Evans is just like totally a white meat baby face now? Like, could she not have just been the same a-hole and but just like been the face in this match? I cannot stand Lacey Evans in this heel role. And they only did it for tribute as to the troops. And in I just... baby face role, you mean? I'm sorry, in this baby yeah. face role. Because Dave, like, uh, she's a superstar in the making to me. She's a very Vince-like character, right? Uh-huh. Vince loves the, the busty, beautiful, tough blonde with the legitimate military background. I think she's a much better worker than her critics say. And I feel like they should have given her the title in that initial main roster reveal that they did for her. Oh, wow. Okay. And seeing her go the flip side now 
just to play up her military background. And I don't say that with disrespect, but you get what I'm saying. She's so much better as a heel that this, it almost angers me watching her pushed in a, in a face roll. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what they're doing there. Um, Bailey's doing good though. Uh, Shorty G versus Sheamus. I'm not sure why Shorty G versus Sheamus is not just part of the Royal Rumble. There seems to be a lot of non-Rumble matches on here. I'd rather see my Royal Rumble card with like three matches and two big Rumbles. That smells pre-show written all over it, right? Yeah, maybe so. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Corbin. King Corbin in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Dave, I'm not going to come on here and be the negative guy. So tell me a reason why I should be excited about this being the culmination of this feud. Uh, Baron Corbin is a treasure, a national treasure. Um. Man, this could be a lot of fun. Falls got anywhere. They're going to figure out a way to make it cool, right? I hope maybe get a can- couple cans of dog food. Just, you know. Maybe a swimming pool of dog food. Have we named his faction yet? The the Knights of Corbin or whatever we're going to call it? I have no He's got, idea. It's very League of Nations-like, though. That's a problem. It smells very League really of Nations. I like the League of Nations. I love the t-shirt outbreak. I love the original idea. And then it went nowhere. It was yeah. like Mex-America. Now, you, you got you to gotta be willing to uh, put something behind that. I don't know. I mean, this is this feels like a Roman Reigns win. And... Uh, you know, he's going to Superman punch King Corbin off the Titan Tron or something to make it happen, but it'll be fun. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Asuka. Match of the night. Matt, the thing I am most excited about. I'm really excited about that question. Too. Even more excited than the men's Rumble match, which is saying a lot. That's really saying a lot. Yeah. And I'm not a sour fan coming into this Rumble. I'm actually really excited because I don't know exactly which direction in both the men's and women's. But I could come out here and be like, of course, it's going to be Roman. Look at the odds. Look at the situation. I'm just saying, I don't actually know which direction they will or they should go in right now. And yet I care more about this Becky Asuka match because this is the first time, Dave, that I feel like since they broke the unbeaten streak with Asuka coming out of NXT when she was not only my favorite wrestler, male or female at that point, uh-huh. I'm like, this is the best female wrestler I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Now they have finally come back to presenting her again with the respect I feel she deserves. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's a lot largely in thank- thanks to Becky Lynch, who is um, uh, an icon for all of her work inside and outside of the ring. Um, Nobody sells the mist like Becky. Nobody. It's true. Dave, no, I mean, you could get, you could, you can bring Kabuki in here. You You can bring uh, Muta in here. They'll tell you nobody screams and cries like Becky after getting that in her eyes. And it was really good. Who do you think is going to win that? I mean, it's Becky, right? Or is a setup for WrestleMania? You know what? I wouldn't be against that because the match would be awesome. And because tell me if I'm wrong here, because WrestleMania last year was 17 hours and because Becky's moment, Two, the Becky two belts yeah. happened at like 1 30 in the morning. And you know, it was just like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? The fatigue was real, right? Yeah. It was muted. It should have been sure. this moment. The match didn't live up to any level of expectation we had based on their matches against each other, Rousey and Charlotte and, and Becky leading yeah. up to that. And let's not forget the two matches with Becky and Charlotte about two months before that, that were like amazing. amazing yeah. And Ronda versus anybody during that stretch was amazing. That it was a moment that said, we're WWE and we're deciding women get the historical push, but it wasn't, a, it, it wasn't Kofi's moment. Kofi's moment early in the night was the moment of mania, right? Yeah. It was the moment of this decade. It was like a moment in time. Becky's moment was so damn forgettable that if the idea is to give her a mulligan this year at mania yeah. and kind of reconstruct that all over again, do it, please. I like that idea. We're going to circle back around. We talked about the rumble match, but one last singles match, which is uh, the fiend versus Daniel Bryan. In a strap match for the Universal Championship. 
uh, can, can we get, can we get Hogan and Flair in their corners? Can we call it a yappa pie, please, Dave? Can we call it a yappa pie? Oh my gosh, um, Nat- a yappa pie Native American strap match. Just here's easy. Here's the here's my question. I'm not going to complain about the Bray Wyatt Championship belt or the Fiend Championship belt because it's sort of a waste of my breath. But in kayfabe, if he loses, how do they get the other belt back? You know, I guess it's no different than ahead of WrestleMania three. They built that. They made that huge title for Andre that would fit around his big fat belly. You know that he never. No, no, but he only ever in. in, I, I think in kayfabe, he just had the giant one. Well, they made it in anticipation if he won. No, no, I'm saying, but if he had won, he would have only take the, taken the giant right. one home. But Bray Wyatt has the Bray Wyatt has two belts in his possession. So I guess in kayfabe theory, Bruno Vince would send Bruno over to the uh, to the funhouse and just be like, "Hey, sorry, sorry, guy, I gotta the, get this back." You know, Vince, I gotta get right. him. I gotta get him his chicken wings and uh, I'm sorry, his salad uh, with uh, with grilled chicken on top and uh, yeah, yeah. What uh, is there? Is, uh, what's going to happen in this match? This is the this is I a, don't know. This is a good so, one. This match and the Roman Reigns match, I'm wondering which one will have an ending that predi- you know has some connection to what happens in the Royal match in the Royal the Rumble. Rumble. Match. Well, we can talk about that. I mean, the, the 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 Rumble has. I mean, I haven't looked today. I was I was looking yesterday. Twenty five of the thirty men have been announced, and five of the thirty women have been announced. All right, so Bray Wyatt's not going to be in this match because he's a champion, even though I know champion. Brock Lesnar is opening this match, right? So in theory, Bray Wyatt's not going to be among the 30. So if that's well, unless the... he loses the match or something. I think he's going to win. So he has to win then. He and has wait, to win. Can, Bray Wyatt and The Fiend are separate people. Look, Dave, Could one I of can... them be in the Rumble? Oh, that's a, that's a very full face of folio. Like I like that. I don't I don't think they're going in that direction, but I got to ask you this question before we can have any other further talk. Okay. Who do you believe Bray Wyatt will be facing at Mania and will Bray have the belt entering that match? If Bray's the champion, that I think they have to do, I think they have to do Bray Roman, right? Yes, anyone but you match. Roman. Yes, of course. Yes, they have to. So if that's the case, then Bray has to beat Brian and Bray has to not be in the Rumble. Which well, is- I mean, that's assuming Roman wins the Rumble, but someone on Raw could win the Rumble, right? I assume there's no pick what champion you're going to go for in the era of the You can pick anybody brand you want. split. Yeah. No, but I think they'll probably just keep people in the same show unless they're like doing some backstage trade situation or something. Wild card rule is still in effect, Dave, yeah. just so you know. Um, dang. Yeah, I don't know. I think that it's I think that it's Reigns versus The Fiend at WrestleMania. Uh, so I think probably they just go with Raw. I think it ends up being like, well, Brock's going to be in the Royal Rumble. So I think that that makes... Brock has to be the story, right? Like I feel like because Brock is starting the Rumble, Brock almost has to like finish the Rumble. I don't know if he's well, going to win. Ideally. So when that first got announced, right? And there's no title online, I'm like, this is such a good way to add intrigue to this Rumble. Now this Rumble's must-see. The same way it was to a degree when they said, hey, Roman, you're going to have to defend your title at the Rumble, right? right. It, was, it, was a, it was a nice little stipulation that made it different. But then again, all they need for that is to get people in the seats, to get people to, to buy the network, right? At, after that point, you could have Brock go out Whenever. Yeah, it'd be nice if one through 10, he's eliminating people one by one and he's having this, you know, Heyman's yeah. on the mic outside parading. But inevitably, he can get eliminated fairly early and it doesn't necessarily, you know, as long as that elimination leads to his feud. So let me stop you right there. Brock Lesnar leading off this Rumble is the biggest story right now. He had a little dust up with Rick 
O'Shea, the Irishman on on Raw. Um, uh-huh. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Is that just a stay busy moment? Brock kicking him in the balls and that felt like a stay. That felt like a like a uh, Paul Heyman special. Like let's just give Ricochet some shine. And then that's so that's the overwhelming feeling I got from from people that I that, you know, whose expert opinion I believe. in. Yeah. They're like, OK, this is a weird stay busy moment. I think it might be the opposite. OK, hear me out here. OK, I think it's going to be Roman Fiend, too. And I think it should be. And I think it needs to be. And I think all that. Look, uh, I, I, if I'm booking the territory, Brock goes zero to 30 and wins the Rumble. And then the lights go off and Bray's got him in a mandible choke. And then you go one on one for both right. belts. It's not going to happen, though. OK, Roman's the, the, the guy. OK, then Brock. You're not going to put him against Seth because Seth is a heel. Yeah. You're probably not going to put him against Daniel Bryan, even though that's great business. So why not take a guy who you think might have next and give him the rub of a Lesnar feud and mania match? He'll lose. He has to lose. But what could this do to Ricochet? In that moment, in that moment, when Ricochet got kicked in the balls, I'm like, do they actually believe in him that much? Are we getting a full on Ricochet pusher like above just, oh, look at this high flying guy. He's what we wanted Neville to be, but he wanted to become Pac. Um, Like, you know, instead it's like, no, this guy could be a main eventer. Let's put him in there for the damn title at Mania against Brock. I'm here for that type of experiment, Dave. I kind of like this. If you want it to be the guy, the guy next guy, your options are basically Ricochet. Uh, Keith Lee, previously mentioned, Buddy Murphy, but Buddy yeah, Murphy's he's otherwise tied up. occupied. Um, Drew McIntyre, who they've been trying to figure out if he can be a good little stone coldness to him, but there's two past. heels again, right? No, nah, but he's 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 working face. He's I like guess, trying to he's he's and we got Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, who are both in this quasi face role, right? Yeah, I'm just sort of assuming that the Messiah stable and the and the whatever we're calling. Samoa Joe and KO are just sort of like sidelined. Like one of them might win, but we're just right in the middle of this feud. It kind of feels like this is going to just keep going through WrestleMania and not involve Brock Lesnar or whatever. Right? Am I crazy? You know who may show up to WrestleMania with them? There's this man, Dave. I don't know if you've seen him before. He's called Big Match Brock. He only comes out when he's really happy. Yeah. Big Match Brock will sell the shit out of things. You may remember Big Match Brock from his prior appearances against Finn Balor, against AJ Styles. When he's just dialed in and yeah. happy as F. Do you remember Big Match Brock from WrestleMania 31? Remember that guy? Hell yeah. Um, imagine if that guy came out and said, you know what? I'm going to put over Ricochet. Now, he, I'm not, he's not going to beat me, but I'm going to put him over. there. You're going to see some theatrics that you never saw before. You're going to see Brock take bumps through tables. This could be something. Or he could give him the Dean Ambrose treatment and, and basically be like, get out of my way. I'm not getting hurt ahead of this UFC comeback. Yeah. I mean... I mean, we haven't really talked about the Women's Rumble, although you talked about last year's WrestleMania and whether or not we were going to give Becky kind of a mulligan. I mean, there is there is the chance, it's been rumored for a while, that there is even more of an echo to last year's WrestleMania on the horizon, which is that Ronda Rousey may be ready to make her comeback. And the other name that you keep hearing bandied about on the in the other Rumble, this would be a, re, a rematch from... Like 2002 at the Rebellion pay-per-view <laughs> uh, is uh, a man by the name of Adam Copeland, also known as Edge. I completely forgot about that. Uh, who knows if that's the direction they would go. I honestly, I, I had, a, I felt very strongly that that Edge was going to get the spot that Cain Velasquez got. And maybe he would have gotten if Cain hadn't signed or whatever. Maybe if Cain hadn't been so being pursued by the competition. 
they wouldn't have even been that. Maybe if they didn't rush it for the day. You know how much Saudi money has ruined? It ruined Shawn Michaels' comeback. Yeah. It ruined the Cain Velasquez reveal. It ruined a Tyson Fury moment that had mania written all over it. Ruined it. Jeff Bezos' marriage. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 been a lot. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Edge is out there protesting too much left and right, and I don't want to like ruin anybody's markout moment, but that could happen. That could happen. Um, when we're talking about the men's rumble, can we talk about the CM Punk-sized elephant in the room? What is that? Oh, that he's like joking about coming back? I mean, what? What do you, what do you think here with this relationship on on backstage? Is it a slow play toward an eventual reveal on the, his terms? No, I mean when he signed up with the with Fox, there was or FS1, there is no relation. I mean he he had not talked to WWE. I can say that with with certainty. WWE was all for him doing that in a very vague way, but they weren't part of the negotiation. And uh, I think that the only way. I think there could be a straight line between him taking that job and him wrestling again someday, but I don't have any reason to believe it's actually like that he's actually thinking about it now. I'd love some type of middle ground here. And the middle ground does not involve him coming back for the Rumble and being number 30 and anything like that, okay? I mean, this role he's doing as a critic is so damn compelling, right? Because it's real. He's this week, he was fantastic. He's, he's calling out all the things we think, all the things that we hate, right? These tropes that we just can't get around as fans. He's just calling them out on it. What if they made him a... Raw or SmackDown commentator. And he kind of became a modern day Bad News Barrett. Oh, and he yeah. constantly had bad bit of bad news for you. And he just told WWE like it is. And that eventually led to an angle where, you know, he would he could interrupt Raw. He could almost be a modern day Hall and Nash in the invasion on WCW where he just shows up in a Canadian tuxedo and he's and they put a microphone in front of him. And he's just pointing out all the things that are bad <laughs> about the broadcast. It would take WWE willingness to, you know, to kind of sell for him, but the attraction would be through the roof. Man, I find it hard to imagine them selling for him. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, if it ever happens, I just don't want a one-off match him against Triple H and that's it. You know, like it's so predictable. He's going to come back. He, if he came back, it would end up, if they, I mean, if that happened, we, it would just be like Hogan versus Flair at WrestleMania 8. We would all fantasy book him versus whoever. I mean, it's Roman. It's got to be him Roman. versus Roman for the future of the company. And what we would end up getting is a, like CM Punk versus Corey Graves announcer versus announcer match <laughs> or they both are wearing like suits and like trying to yank each other's like yeah. laugh mics off yeah. that, like the whoever gets the mic pack ripped off of their belt is the loser winner gets Carmella I actually be in for that stipulation all right moving on Dave I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah so look out for Edge look out for Ronda Rousey I mean I honestly this is not based on inside information but like who knows well we're, let, let's talk Ronda Rousey I think she will play a role here you ready for this okay go Here's my prediction for the Women's Royal Rumble. It's time to give Shanna Baszler her moment and find out what you have in her. Ooh, okay. They slow tested the market at Survivor Series and they put her in a match with, yeah. with two big Raw SmackDown superstars. Didn't she go over in the end, I think? Yeah. Yeah, so she got the full sort of trial treatment, okay? She's old, right? She's yeah, like she's, 40, basically. Uh -huh. She's legitimately tough. She plays a great heel. You got to find out how great she can be. You have her win but you have Ronda return to help her win. Ooh. And what it does is you, Shayna benefits from the giant Ronda pop of, oh my God, Ronda Rousey's here. Only Ronda Rousey's not here to be nice and give really bad promos. Yeah. Ronda's here to heal out against everybody she hates. And she helps Shayna eliminate whoever you want Shayna's mania opponent to be. And that's the ultimate sort of thing where Shayna's road to WrestleMania We'll have Ronda there for impact. 
but not you know not not for not stealing her spotlight yeah and you could also see a straight line between i mean you could also see a way that she's like able to let's say that she like like you want to do basler versus charlotte charlotte so you do so you have Ronda can basically is like is like the is like the manager at WrestleMania. Yeah, with the four horse women stable there, right? Yeah, and then and then you can kind of do is the slow realignment of the of the WWE four horse women, the the pro wrestling edition. This is storytelling, Dave. But then you can have Ronda kind of without worrying about the brand split. Ronda's a manager in SmackDown, but if she wants to go then she ends up on the active roster back on Raw, so she can take on Becky at SummerSlam or whatever. Well, the the, the counter argument to this is your end game that you would want is Ronda versus Charlotte at Mania, right? With 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 a ton of stakes. And you're like, well, why can't you just have that now? I want a slow play for a whole year. Have Baszler go Charlotte now with this four horsewoman helping her. We get Survivor Series, four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. We get a different iteration at SummerSlam of the two yeah. factions against each other. And it builds around the corner to next year's Mania when it's Charlotte versus Ronda for whatever you want to put on it. Maybe yeah. that's the moment Charlotte has a chance to break her dad's record for titles. So you're going to have to hurry up a little bit, but maybe, you know. <laughs> Just have her win like 10 titles between now I mean, she always randomly picks up a belt for a day and then that's gives true. it back. That is true. Um, dude, I love this. So wait, let's let's just do this. We got to get out of here. We've been talking forever. Who who is your number? Who is your big pick for the for? You're going to go with Baszler for the women. Yeah. Who do you have? I mean, I really do think it's going to be a gimmick like that. Like it's not just going to be. I don't think it's just going to be Charlotte or uh, Sasha. Although Sasha is a good pick, um, only because there's so much. There's so many question marks. Like it's ridiculous. It like even if they have five surprises like in the men's rumble or whatever doesn't is still isn't it so necessary for every single woman on the roster on the main roster to be in the rumble like there's not that many yeah people i mean we may get a trish we may get a you know NXT. But, why, but why only announce five like is there some like are we not sure that like the iconics are going to be in yeah maybe people wouldn't pop for mercedes martinez I'm just saying, like, how, like, why don't we announce ten more? Like, Shout out to Mercedes Martinez, by the way. She's great. Congratulations yeah. to her for finally. Getting I used that to cover deal. her high school softball games in Waterbury, Connecticut, as a as a high school news reporter. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, that's really cool. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna go. I mean, I like your Basler idea. I'll, I'll sign on. I'll the only other that. wild card to that is Sasha winning because it's time, obviously, to finally give Sasha like a just top level push. And let's not forget her feud with Banks last year. I, I'm sorry, her feud with Becky last year. I thought it was the second best feud in of all wrestling last year. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, If you want to go Sasha versus Charlotte at Mania this year, like, uh, yeah, please. 2016 version of Brian Campbell is like, please, let's do this, okay? Let's yeah. have a moment, please. Yeah. I mean, you can see, you have to I can see just about anything happen. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Ronda Rousey because I think that's the easiest like A to B thing and it's, it's WWE will take the easy way out. That's going to be, I, I think, I like your Baszler idea way better, but I'm going to, I'm just going to say Rousey. On the men's side, Men's side, I'm going easy way out. What are you going to say? It's got to be Roman. And look, those betting odds, I know people don't want to look at them. People don't want to care about them, but sometimes they tend to tell you a story. You get, Roman's a fairly large. And he, and he should be if you believe that WWE pit plays it safe in this spot. And they always do, Dave. So if they're going to play it safe, here's why it's brilliant. Sometimes simplicity is brilliance, right? Right. If he wins, you're going to get a half boo, half cheer. And then you just do my idea for Brock. You turn the lights down, Bray comes out, puts the mandible claw, and yeah. we go home with the with the fiend standing tall after the match. That is pleasing everybody. Um, 
if I'm going to obey my own logic, that the whole Kevin Owens storyline, Kevin Owens, uh, uh, Joe, Seth, everybody else storyline is sort of sidebarred. Um, I really think they, I think they, I think they sniffed around Drew McIntyre. That's their, they're giving him a look a few weeks ago, but I think there's no way they could look at what happened. You know, look, I mean, see the reaction and say, yes, he's our guy. I don't think. I don't mind the idea of Ricochet. I mean, if you really want to go future. It does break my heart a little bit right now, Dave. All right. What? Before they get too old, like what the hell? We need Roman versus Seth one-on-one. No Brock, no gimmicks. Roman versus Seth closing at WrestleMania. Why? Because this is your potential Rock and Austin of this era. It is. I know Brock's sort of this unique character that, you know, that is sort of takes over all the time. But when are we going to have heel Seth, who he's a heel again, and he's fantastic, against babyface Roman? And you have elements of the Shield storyline in there, and it's former best friends who've turned on each other in the past multiple. I mean, like, it just sells itself, and they would put on a 37-minute classic, and it would be great. Why can't we just have that? I wonder if they're going to be as eager to talk about the Shield now that a third of the Shield is wrestling for the competition. I mean, imagine... I know the WWE would say they don't care, but imagine if they had <clears throat> a pretty good match at WrestleMania and the news come and, and the headlines coming out were the best Shield match of the month was one that Johnny Moxie had on AEW last week. <laughs> imagine if Buddy Murphy became the third Shield member. I'll sign up for that. All right, too many, too many, too many exits. All right, so I'm taking I, me down. I mean, my my uh, God, you know, I want it to be Keith Lee. Alistair Black would be a really fun future too because like I feel like you could just plug and play Alistair Black versus Brock Lesnar and he could lose and it would be fine. We're getting AJ Orton at, at Rumble so that eliminates AJ from this conversation, right? I mean, we're getting AJ Orton at Mania, right? Yeah, it does. It seems like that. They're both in the Rumble. A lot of those things are going to play out there. All right, well, uh, I like all those options. I'm going to say Keith Lee just to agree Keith with Keith Lee CM to Punk. win the damn Rumble? Sure, why not? And who would he face for the big bell at Mania? Brock Lesnar. Okay, that that's some matchmaking. And if that spot goes to Matt Riddle, by the way, instead against Brock Lesnar, either or, I'm in. You can have Riddle. I'll take Keith Lee. Um, we got to get out of here. Stick around. We're going to do the awards, uh, me and Jim, in just a second. Brian, thank you so much for coming by. Yes, thank you for this having me here. It's been a pleasure. I commandeered your your office in your studio here, and it's been a pl- I, I love it. I love it, Dave. Look, I, look, I'm kind of taking a step back from pro wrestling now. I'm going to I'm going to be focused a little bit more on boxing and MMA moving forward. I'm going to get that fan point of view. You're going to be only into the fake sports now. Yeah, I'm going to get into the fake sports. No, I'm going to have that more of a fan point of view in pro wrestling. I couldn't be more excited, all right? Yes. You're you're my favorite fan now, now that you're not. Thank you. Me and Rick, the sign guy with the red hat, and then that weird guy with the long hair who stands next to his mom, Simon. You pay way more attention to the fans than I do. Brock Lesnar guy? Yeah, come on. Listen, I got to get out of here. Thank you so much for doing this. And uh, yeah, stick around for the awards. We'll be right back. And now, here we are, for real, finally, only about uh, half a year too late, uh, with our official Masked Man Show 2019 year-end awards. We should just do 2020 at this point. Yeah. It's so funny, like half of my award, not true, when I was doing my awards, I found it really difficult to get out of the last quarter of 2019, you know, I mean, it. Part of it's just that the calendar that the wrestling year is on is different. Well, different between the different federations. But even if you go WWE specific, you kind of it's hard to it's hard to to separate like December from January, you know. So, but I, but I was still just so like I like 
I was sitting there doing these awards, trying to like figure out how to nominate like Akira Tozawa for like every award because of his like, I mean, he's been great all year, don't get me wrong, but his run as a jobber on Raw has been spe- spectacular. But really, that's just like two months, right? Seth Rollins had a really good month, <laughs> but it's hard to get that out of your head, you know? It feels like Kofi Kingston won the title like 15 years ago. Anyway, we are finally doing this. My awards have probably not changed too much from where they were on January 1st. So, or December 31st for that matter. Those are both very important days in my life. Mm, uh, birthday. Two birthdays. Um, but moving on. Why don't you give me some categories and I will tell you what I think. All right. Let's start with most improved. Ooh. Um, most improved is... Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of ways to look at this, right? Because you got to, I mean, there's a, there's people who like are on the national scene for the first time. You know, my dear friend, Keith Lee, uh, you know, you could say he's come a long way. I mean, hell, there's a lot of people in NXT that, that could, that could uh, fit that bill. You could even say like Bray Wyatt is the most improved from where he was a year ago, right? I mean, because he went from, is this guy ever going to make it to like a certifiable, like permanent headliner, right? Half of the AEW roster is the most improved. I mean, Sammy Guevara, just think about that. It's like so many people. I mean, I'll be a WWE homer and just give it to Rhea Ripley because she sure as hell looks like a permanent icon right now. But did she do it for the whole year? Yeah, I mean, she 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 helped launch NXT UK um, and has been on, was on that show for a while and like doing her thing and then and then made a huge leap. I mean... Coming from where she she always had a lot of potential, but she's like just a certifiable pro wrestler now, and that's a that's that's kind of the hardest jump to make. I feel like with Bray Wyatt, would he be most improved with the Fiend, and then it falling off? Is he at least improved? No, nah, I mean he'd be like comeback awards. player of the year award. Do we have mm. a comeback player of the year award? Sure, comeback wrestler right. of the year, Bray Wyatt. I mean the Fiend is up here for like fifteen different. I mean, you you could give him half the awards on here, and I'm not saying that he had the best year of any wrestler. Even I just mean that like he's like the way that his year was shaped was just like perfect for racking up awards. You know, he's like, a, he's like an Oscar, the Oscar bait of the pro wrestling world. Best uh, title belt. The fiend. No, everybody, everything except that. Although I'm <laughs> sure he would win. If you ask a lot of the wrestling fans, they'd probably love it. So whatever. I like it. I think it's stylish. All right. So from most improved, what about wrestler most likely to make the leap? Oh, dang. That's a good one. I'll say Keith Lee again. God, like Buddy Murphy is right there now. Although that's, you know, hindsight, whatever. I mean, that's with the benefit of having watched Raw this week. I mean, the past two weeks, he could be the one. You know, it's funny because he was just feuding with Aleister Black. And I don't even think Aleister Black is eligible for this award because even though he could go a lot higher, I feel like he's already sort of there. Honestly, I I mean, I'm tempted. I'm really tempted to say Jungle Boy. Hmm. I was watching, I mean, he's been good. I was watching him do like a, a whatever, like a like a on-deck interview on the Jericho Cruise today. It wasn't that impressive. You know, there wasn't anything that special about it, but I just watched him and I was just like, oh yeah, like freaking Jungle Jack Perry could be AEW world champion by the end of 2020. All right. I don't know. Anyway, long answer. Best wrestler hairdo that you would want most? Oh my gosh, I thought about this for so long. I didn't even like prepare all of these answers, but that one I really did. I, I don't even I don't know what the answer is. Like what is the right answer? What what would you what do you think the answer should be? I mean, listen, I I would take whatever I could get. <laughs> Seamus, probably. 
Let's get some crazy ass hairdo. Probably get fired showing I'd up. I'd much with rather that. just have a regular hairdo. Um, and some like crazy hair. I always wanted uh, the Road Warriors haircuts. Oh Those yeah, always good. I think like Kofi is probably the right answer. Mm. I th- I'm sure I could pull that off. Best wrestling couple. What does this mean? Like on screen couple, real life couple? I don't know. Like Seth and Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are the best wrestling couple in the history of wrestling. What about but they're Charlotte not good and on screen. Oh, that's actually that's a good point. I'm still gonna wow, wow, wow. What about Lana and Rusev? Um, they broke up. I don't know if you saw that on Monday Night Raw. Oh, I mean, if you wanted to find couple loosely, you know, there's a bunch of like like Chuck Taylor and Trent or a couple of friends. They're very closely bonded. Mm-hmm. I like them a lot. Um, do siblings? Yeah, I mean siblings. Like everybody in WWE is married now, right? Guess so. What about um Stephanie and Hunter? Oh my gosh, They're, that's the answer, right? Yeah. I have to. I mean, listen, if I'm ever going to get that job, I've been dying <laughs> for. I'm going to have to say that. Uh, Zack Ryder and Chelsea Green. That's a good one. Mm. Big time. What about Gargano? And isn't Gargano? Oh one? yeah, shit. Man, and then it's like, man, if somebody's so good, like if you were, man, Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano, dang, they're so good. That's who you're going with? Nah, Stephanie and Hunter. Let's be a homer. All right. No, no, Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano. That's the answer. I'm going with uh, Lana and Bobby Lashley. (laughs) Right. I, I support that. Next up. We have best new entrance music. New entrance music. Do you have an answer for this? Are there suggestions? Well, it was new to me, but it may not have been new in 2019, but I did like it a lot. It's, or I would give it best entrance music. Marty Scroll when we went to oh, um, yeah. the G1 at Madison Square Garden. It's kind of like, a, it's almost like the theme from 28 Days Later, which is my favorite oh, soundtrack yeah. song of all time. Did you hear that he re-signed with Ring of Honor after all of the questions? I bet all of the, 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 everyone's wondering if he's going to sign with AEW or WWE or just go yeah. New Japan or whatever. He re-upped with Ring of Honor. He's like, got like a front office job. He's like their head booker now. He's in charge of like- I was like, going to say, they must have thrown everything at him for that. Yeah, they did. This is basically like their last shot. If they're going to stay relevant, they had to do this. They gave him the book. He's like re- he he's apparently like reaching like in charge of their relationship with New Japan partly now because he's worked there a bunch and he's there's rumors that he's gonna reopen the doors to AEW or you know he's he's already um he's already reached out to the NWA I think he's he's gonna be working NWA shows as Ring of Honor you know as a Ring of Honor rep hmm. it's really really wild it's an interesting move I don't I'm not I'm not overconfident about what's gonna happen with Marty Scroll and Ring of Honor because Ring of Honor is doesn't have the greatest track record for getting my hopes up for recently, but this is, this is kind of shaping up for like, this could be not shaping up. There is the potential that Marty scroll could end up being like a huge player in like pro wrestling history. Like that's the, like the upside is if everything goes the way that it's, I'm sure it's like, like piecing together in Marty's head. Like this could be a bigger deal than, well, I don't know. We could, he might be on par with like Cody and the bucks just by doing his own thing. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Speaking of signing with people, who's most likely slash first to make the jump from AEW to WWE or vice versa? 
Oh man, I mean, you got to say, I mean, you got to say the um, the revival only because I'm pretty sure they still haven't signed. They still haven't re-signed with WWE. I was funny because if you look over the, I was thinking about this the other day. If you look over the rosters, it's gonna be a lot of people who are like like Ring of Honor names who we hear coming up. You know, I'm sure like Rush is up soon, like whatever. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot of Ring of Honor folks that we're going to see getting snapped up. Impact, same way. But once you start looking at like the WWE and especially the AEW names, I kind of feel like WWE is going to like overpay to keep everybody just because l- losing anyone to AEW is a bigger deal, is so much a bigger deal than like the person you're actually losing, right? I mean, like losing Roman Reigns to AEW would be huge. That'd be awesome. But like, you, yeah, I know, but like losing whoever, just like a minor player, if if it's perceived that you like lost them, not that you like cut them, is still a big deal. There's actually, I don't think there's that many names that are likely. I mean, like when, we, when, when AEW first started up, I remember I was saying Rusev a lot, but I think Rusev is re-signed and regardless, they're putting him on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like the revival or the sure thing, and then I mean not the sure thing. The revival, or maybe like even too too obvious to say. I'd like to have like a sneaky other option, but like who's even a free agent that we know of in 2020? I mean Matt Hardy, I guess is there's a lot of rumors that he's going to be the higher power. So sure, his contract's almost up. We'll say Matt Matt Hardy's almost bigger, but after that, it's like what? I mean, does Primo Cologne count? You know, like, I don't even know. If you're not thinking about contracts, like, say everybody's contract was up, who could you see WWE poaching from AEW? Like, who's the first person to jump from AEW? Abandon it, go to WWE for the money. Oh, man. Huge heel move. They'll be the biggest heel in the WWE when they go. It'd be huge. Oh, my like God. Like, Adam Page or somebody? Like, people would hate him. Yeah, they would love that. Um, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> no, I mean, I think... It, I mean, obviously, they would love to have Kenny Omega. Yeah, Pentagon Jr. Obviously, they would love to have Hangman. They'd love to have... They've been having so much luck with the smaller guys. I mean, obviously, they'd love to have Jericho or John Moxley back. But can you see any of those guys jumping? Probably not, right? Because they're kind of... No, but you're saying who, like, who, who would be willing to go? Yeah, like who, who might do it? Billy Gunn. Yeah, I mean, Vince might prefer that to just about anybody else, which is nuts, but it's true. Um, Jericho? go back with the AEW belt if he doesn't lose it again? I mean, the thing is, Jericho's got a lot, I mean, they, like, he's beloved, like, of course, like, he's a great talent. I'm sure they would love to have him. Phoenix, Ray Phoenix has got to be up there. Yeah, I could see them taking those guys, because it's not like the Young Bucks are going to go or anybody who started it. Maybe. I mean, Pentagon's huge, too, I and mean, there's no yeah. question about Pentagon, but, like, Ray Phoenix kind of fits right into some of their cruiserweight, the cruiserweight, I mean, the kind of, yeah, cruiserweight crossover setup that they have. What if Vince um, just gave... Cody, a Godfather deal, like ten million dollars a year or something. Yeah, Cody just abandons AEW, and then he just jobs him out. Doesn't makes him lose. Yeah, man, I don't know. It's tough. If I were if I were WWE and I could sign one person, well, I mean, it would be it would probably be Moxley. You know, I mean, hell or I mean Omega, and then Moxley somewhere at some you know th- those sorts of names. Hmm. I would I might put Excalibur on my top five. Just to work the booth. He's great. All right. Next up, the Good Hand Award for the best work rate wrestler who's never going to win a major title from within Akira the major. Akira Tozawa, 100%. <laughs> I don't even know what the rest of the question is. He's my, yeah, he's my obsession right now, as you can tell. That's funny. Heel turn of the year. 
Dang. Everybody that uh, the fiend has turned has been fun in their own way. What, did you have a pick for this? Is Seth Rollins considered a heel turn? Does anybody yeah. even care? I mean, that's that's it. I mean, it's happened at the end of the year, but Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan turned last year and then has turned back. Finn turning on in you know on NXT post Fiend is really cool. Is it was cool? Yeah, I, it's got to be Seth Rollins because that has the most significance for like the company. When after they he turned right after the draft, it was a really big deal. It was a ballsy move. That's got to be the answer. Promo of the year. I mean, Seth's locker room leader speech was freaking great uh um i mean the the cody Rhodes when cody's like career announcement you know when he said he was if he if he uh he was fighting fight, with jericho and he said if he if he didn't win he wasn't never gonna fight for the title again or whatever um i mean that was just a good old school promo i mean that was i remember that was just like just floored you at the time you know just in-ring promo just killed it can watch that one. I'm gonna be watching that one on you know YouTube in five years. Um, I guess like sticking with AEW, I'm sure there's some. Other, I'm sure there's a million I'm not thinking of. Becky Lynch was run up to WrestleMania was had some epic ones. I know, but sticking with AEW though, I just can't. I mean, I know this isn't the best promo, but it is in some ways. Jericho, after he lost his belt, sitting in the hot tub, <laughs> drinking the champagne. I mean. That is going to live on forever. And that's the definition of a good promo. Something that you just think of. Something you quote lines from. There's already a bit of the bubbly, t- bubbly t-shirts, you know? Um, I mean, and that in some ways set the tone for his reign more than anything else he did. You know, I mean, it, that he was always the heel. He was always going to have this crew or whatever. But that was just the sort of like, like the real fuck you attitude. Like, like the way that it really, like the, the, the tune, like the real like tone of it, just, a lot of it feel it felt like it sort of came from necessity and came in that moment. I think that was that was really big. Yeah, I like a lot of those early Bray when he comes back. Those Firehouse, Firefly Funhouse. Oh yeah, dude, those are those are he's really good. I mean, and that's sort of I mean he's just like a lifetime achievement award for the year. There's so many of these, like I said, that you could nominate him for. All right, up next, Manager of the Year. Okay, so Manager of the Year. I mean, Heyman's always in the running. Zelina Vega is central to that Andrade act in a way, I mean, to an almost indescribable degree. I know we just talked about Jericho, and he is definitely not a manager, but the way that he's brought up the guys that are in the inner circle in a, on the mic is huge, incredibly important for that company. Um, but I'm going to give the award out of somewhat out of sentimentality uh, to one of my faves, Sami Zayn, who... We'll see where it goes with him and Nakamura and Cesaro, but I mean, he's just endlessly fun to watch and has really turned. I mean, just kind of, I don't, who knows if he's found, if he's going to turn either of those guys into championship contenders, but he's got them at a place where they could be. I mean, he's, he's, he's really, really helped in a way that almost seemed like a thrown together act at first, but he's, he's been, he's just been amazing. Yeah, he actually had some good promos too for promos of the year. Just like, oh, yeah, that's true. He was like back in Canada or something. Mm-hmm. I forgot what he did. Next up is 24-7 Champion of the Year. Oh, Rob Stone, 100%. <laughs> um, at the Wikipedia page for the 24-7 Champion of the Year is hilarious. By the way. Is it really? It's so long. I think it's a Wikipedia page something. It's just like millions of people. 
Because <laughs> like Conrad and I think Bruce Pritchard, they had gone through it on one of the episodes for the hardcore title. And it oh, was yeah. so funny. Just like him naming millions of people. All right. Tag team of the year. Oh. Wow. Um, I mean, it's got to be. Um, I mean, it's. I, I want to say it's the Bucks because they, you know, launched AEW this year and they've been awesome. But it's either them or the Lucha Bros. I'm leaning. I guess I'll lean Lucha Bros. I'm going with the Bar. All right. Yeah. Are they? Do they wrestle this year? I have no idea. Um. Yeah. The the Bucks is the right answer there. I would think. Lucha Bros have just stood out in the ring a lot more since since AEW launched. But and they've also been they've also worked like 900 indie shows and. In, past i mean this year somehow um but anyway yeah uh, either either one of those is acceptable all right faction of the year um so inner circle does the elite count they're not even on screen that much together the undisputed era is probably the winner right imperium is really cool i'm gonna go undisputed era let's go yeah i think that's pretty it's got to be the best yeah all right next up finish of the year like end of a match finish yeah. It's got to be War Games, right? Ciampa and Cole. Oh, yeah. Off what the top. It was almost like a small package suplex off the top. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that's probably the best one. That was insane. All right, <laughs> angle of the year. It's either like The Fiend, in, I mean, the, broadly defined. We can guess this can be the one where Bray wins. And also just the whole idea of the angle where like Bray, like The Fiend turns people, like heal or face, is pretty epic. Yeah, what a great gimmick that is. Um, overall, I mean, if you want to take the bigger picture, I mean, like Kofi Kingston between Elimination Chamber and him losing to Brock or even just between Elimination Chamber and right after WrestleMania is uh, is like a huge angle. Uh, that's probably the winner. I'm going to go with Kofi. Yeah, Kofi was pretty amazing story. And then him letting everyone down on that SmackDown. Great. <laughs> He really just didn't prepare for that match at all. <laughs> no, what is he doing? He got uh, yeah, his head got too big. He thought he was, <laughs> he was all great. He just didn't take Brock seriously, you know? <laughs> all right. Match of the year. Oh, we're getting to the good stuff. All right, I made a list on the back of my hand with a marker. <laughs> AEW probably had the overall highest level of wrestling in the count since they launched their show, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have an. I, I I wasn't sure what the AEW match for the shortlist was, um, which speaks to the overall high level of what they're doing, um, but also, yeah, I just I, I I don't know what the answer is. So I I went I I I think I decided it was it was Omega Moxley from Full Gear. The Cody Dustin match was freaking awesome, but was a just a different match. It seemed weird to make that emblematic of the whole company. Not that it has to be, but. I think I liked Omega Moxley on like 4-3 watch a little bit more. There's lots of New Japan that can make this list. I, for some reason, I have a personal affinity for Jay White versus Kota Ibushi in the Climax, G1 Climax Finals. But I'm sure there's a billion better matches that I'm not even thinking of from New Japan. So I'm just kind of going like company by company, if you can't tell, or, or, or say promotion by promotion. Uh, NXT UK is Walter versus Tyler Bate from Cardiff. I don't think there's a lot of dispute there, although, I mean, you could go Walter Pete Dunn, but I think the Tyler Bate match is just better. And then NXT 
uh, NXT proper is Cole versus Gargano from TakeOver uh, New York. And then the WWE like main roster match, I think, is Daniel Bryan versus Kofi at WrestleMania. Which is pretty epic that like there's a WrestleMania match on this after all this time. Mm-hmm. Like, what? I'm sure there's a WWE match. There, there must be something that I said. I know that the t- I said at the time was the match of the year, but that's the one that stands out to me. I mean, of all of those, I and my favorite one was Walter versus Tyler Bate. But that's I feel like it's almost too like hipster wrestling hipster to say. Cole versus Gargano, maybe I don't know. It's tough. I think it's Cole versus Gar- Gargano, but no, I'm not just gonna disagree with anybody that thinks that. I know that was awesome. All right, I got a couple other awards for you. What about Rookie of the Year? Oh man, I don't even know who debuted this year. MJF, like, like first time on like national television. I guess, yeah. It's kind of boring. um. God, MJF is a pretty good Rookie of the Year. Sure, there's a million more though. I'm sure like we can pick half the NXT roster, right? I guess yeah. I was gonna say that, or like even like Ricochet's like kind of, was kind of a rookie, right? For WWE, no, he wrestled last year too. Um, um I mean in WWE, but he's been around for so long. It's like the, he. I feel like he's disqualified. Dominic Mysterio, <laughs> Kane Velasquez. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Kane Velasquez. I mean, listen, you had a good showing. You got a main event. Who else got who else gets a main event against Brock Lesnar in your first match? What about comeback of the year? Would that be Goldberg? <laughs> what was your wrestling TV show of the year? Like non-wrestling? No, wrestling TV show of the year. So like Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite. WWE backstage on FS1. Mm. Oh yeah, there's another comeback of the year, uh, CM Punk. Oh yeah, that's got to be right. I mean, just, it, yeah, is, that, is that good or is that the worst? Last night he was year? good. I mean, that wasn't last year, I guess. What a shill! Ah, come on, it's good. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe. I know WWE is in this never-ending expansion mode. If I, I don't. This isn't even worth a rant, but like, I still can't believe that WWE launched their own show, The Bump, like as they were like let it as they were like giving Fox the okay to. I mean, whatever, as they were like co-producing this like this backstage show with them. It's so crazy. Like what? Like why? Like why does it make? Why does it help either show to be like one of two places for exclusive Seth Rollins interviews? Like it does. It's so weird. Did you have thoughts on worst match of the year? Nah, I just I was looking at that and I was like, I don't want to do any you worst don't matches. Talk shit. I mean, it's go- that the answer is Goldberg the Undertaker, but like um, I don't want. I, what about I don't that want, like, fiend nom- red red light? No. I mean, that was the worst booking of the year for sure. Okay, best pay per view of the year. Ooh. I can give you some choices here. Yeah, give war, me some choices. War Games, Double or Nothing, WrestleMania 35, uh, TakeOver Brooklyn, TakeOver Toronto, SummerSlam. I love TakeOver Brooklyn. All Out. Mm, double or Nothing. I don't know. They're all, all of those are really fucking good. I honestly don't have an answer. I know. I think, I know TakeOver Brooklyn was sick. TakeOver War Games. I also I think take over, I, think, I think TakeOver. Uh, TakeOver Double or Nothing. I mean, I'd put War Games up there too, but it's definitely below take, uh, the, the TakeOver New York. Um, yeah. Wrestle Kingdom. All right. I, I like WrestleMania yeah. though because I uh, 
got to go and say what's up to Macaulay Culkin and sat in front of him like five rows. So that is in nice. Your, in your face. All, nice. all the Culkin brothers, even the succession kid and all that. <laughs> all right. What about wrestling promotion of the year? You gotta be AEW. I agree. Changing the game. Wrestler of the year. Ooh. Um, we already did match. Oh yeah, we did match the year. Wrestler of the year. This is really hard. And I'm going to tell you why. Part of it's the timing. Um, and part of it's like their stature in the companies. Because I think if like every, if everything was equal, and I know that you and I can sit here and everybody listening to this can be like, I like NXT more than Raw or whatever, more than SmackDown, but like Raw and SmackDown are more significant shows. Just, just the truth, right? So mm-hmm. if everything were equal, I think you'd make a really compelling case for adam cole i think i mean it might it might not even be you might not even have to argue about it adam cole is had a huge huge year um <clears throat> i mean we just said aew is promotion of the year just because they launched basically right i mean they've done great but like they've and they just got their t their tv deal renewed for the next 75 years or whatever and they i mean they're like the fact that aew exists the way it is so that I mean, to the point that it that it, I mean that it had the success that it has and, and is, is a vital part of the wrestling universe and blah blah blah. I mean, you can give a lot of people a lot of credit, but I think if you want to put the crown on somebody, it's Chris Jericho. Wow, over Cody. Well, I mean, I think Cody's actually been more important to the company behind the scenes. But if we're talking about wrestler of the year, like the person who's gone out there and wrestled and cut promos and made the company as valuable as it is. Mm-hmm. And worked in Japan. <laughs> um, you got to say Chris Jericho. He's the champion. He's the inaugural champion. He's given the company legitimacy in a way that I don't think anybody else in the roster could. And he's had good matches. And he's had, more importantly, he's had good feuds. And he's had, more than that, good promos. And he's, he's, he's made them really legit. Now, I'm not sure that that makes him wrestler of the year. But that's the case to me. And then you can go WWE main roster you know, non NXT division, you can really easily make a case for Becky Lynch. Although a lot of her highest, his, her peak might have been in 2018, the, the tail end. But she won the title at WrestleMania in 2019. Also at WrestleMania, we've talked about it was Kofi Kingston. I was going to say, kind of big. Whose entire, who's from, he went from, you know, status quo to the very, very peak and then back down again. I mean, he has his entire narrative arc in the year of 2019. So in that way, in timeline purposes, that makes a lot of sense to give it to him. But it's really hard. Really hard. Those are, I think, my top four. And you're going with Triple H. Let's see, a million <laughs> miles away. Vincent K. McMahon. <laughs> um, Hire me. I don't know. I don't know. If you had to pick between those four, who do you pick? Well, I was thinking what the Academy would think. They'd probably penalize Jericho for losing the belt. Academy wouldn't like that. Oh, for Beck- physically losing the belt. I mean, it was yeah. his driver's fault, yeah. but okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I don't, I still think that was an angle. Um, Becky breaking kayfabe, going public with uh, Seth. Mm. Um, Kofi, again, just not preparing for Brock Lesnar at SmackDown, mm-hmm. which was a really big night. Um, I think I'd go Adam Cole. I mean, he had a hell of a year, man. He had a really, really great year. I I agree with everything that you said, although 
if, if we're ta- you're talking about the Academy. I'm gonna actually treat this like <laughs> like if this were a real award, like a like a NBA MVP award, like a, like if this yeah, was a real I'm, sport, yeah, Hall of Fame voters. That's what I'm thinking. Like, you no, know, no, no. If this is the NBA, if this is the NBA, what you do is you always factor in who you wish you would have voted for the year before. And so, if that's the case, Becky Lynch is the winner. No. Yes, a hundred percent. James is Harden. Is this the always- NBA Player Awards or the actual NBA awards? Because those are different too. The one where the where the writers are voting on league MVP, mm. it always goes to somebody who's like who like broke Better through at the end of the before. year or the year before. Mm. Anyway, no, I'm going Becky Lynch. No way. Boo. I don't know. I can't pick between those. <laughs> Congratulations, four. Becky. Great job. Mm-hmm. You went. You all four of you win Maskies. It's very prestigious. They'll be in the yeah. mail in like 2025. <laughs> Beautiful. I think that's all we have. All right, let's roll. Thank you, Jim. For writing Shotgun, thank you all for waiting for those awards. I know it meant a lot to you. It meant a lot to me to finally say them out loud. Thank you to Brian Campbell for being on earlier. And uh, apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. For real, next week, I promise. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 